0: Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenorjo. We are doing a mini-series on the fear of God. This teaching was made some time ago. Apology for the quality of the sound. We hope this teaching will be a blessing to you. What are the essential ingredients of the fear of God? In answering the question about the ingredient um, of the fear of God, I'm going to use um, this book. I've introduced her to the book before. Is the book by um, Albert Martins that talk about the forgotten fear. He's put it so nicely that I'm just going to read some extract from chapter 3 of this book talking about the ingredients of the fear of God. We will identify three categories of biblical truth that constitute the essential ingredient of the fear of God. So, if you look at the fear of God like you are cooking a meal, okay, let's say you are cooking rice or any meal that you are cooking. Now, there are ingredients you put in that stew or in that food that makes the food comes out nicely. So these are three ingredients that um, Albert has brought out for us. and, And I'm going to limit myself to those three ingredients. Number one ingredient is a correct concept of the character of God. Number two ingredient is a widespread sense of the presence of God. So number one, character of God. Number two, presence of God. The third ingredient is that we must have a constant awareness of our obligations to god so these three ingredients when we have these three ingredients in our christian life then we will work in the fear of god so i'll go through them again Correct concept of the character of god widespread sense of the presence of god and then have a constant awareness of our obligation to God. So let me quickly run through reading some extra from his book here. Let me run through each one of them. Number one, correct concept of the character of God. Anyone who sees God as he is must fear him. And we've gone through the example, and I'm not going to go through that. We've mentioned the example you remember in previous answer to your question. We've gone through the example of Moses, Isaiah. We've gone through the example of John. The is that when we see God as he is, so when we have a correct concept of the character of God, we will fear him. Fear is not something we need to put on. What we need to do is to know God as he is. This implies that the correct concept of the character of God are indispensable element in producing the fear of God. When we see God, the problem is that the God that is being preached from our pulpit most of the time is not the true God. People say they don't believe in God. Before you start arguing with somebody that said he or she doesn't believe in God, the first question is what type of God they don't believe in? Because oftentimes, a lot of the God so-called that people say they don't believe in are not the true. It's not the true God. Okay, so we need to understand when people say, I believe God or I don't believe God, what type of God are they talking about? And also, unfortunately, a lot of the preaching we have in our churches today almost present God as a God that is, you know, a grandfather that just wants to give you a good time, that lives for your uh, comfort, you know. A platonic God, a God that will not rock the boat, a God really who is a genie in the bottle. Is that God. Does, does, does God wake up and revolve around us? And this is some of the picture of God that we have today. One of the greatest problems in our days is that we have in great measure lost sight of those aspects of the character of God that are calculated to produce His fear. You know, unfortunately, often people don't preach the full gospel. We have our eighth topic in the Bible that makes us feel good. Often the problem is that if we don't preach the full gospel then we don't know the full god all right there are aspects of god's characteristics that produces fear for example his majesty his immensity his holiness his unrivaled sovereignty as the reigning monarchy of the universe you know we can talk about the mercy of god the grace of god the goodness of God. And really, when we preach about those characters of God, when we preach them rightly, against His other characteristics like His holiness, His rod, His immensity, His eternity, His omniscience, His omnipotent, when we we preach all the characteristics of God, it will generate the fear of God in our life. In our day, many have lost sight of this aspect of the character of God Therefore, we have greatly lost the experience of the fear of God. I will keep reading. If your thought of God has been such as to leave you devoid of his fear, there is something wrong with what you are thinking about God. In other words, the fear of God is not something we generate ourselves. Think about yourself. Do I really fear God? Do I really fear God in the sense that we have been studying so far? And if you don't, if you honestly don't fear God, you remember what we've said, go back to the previous answer, talking about what the fear of God is. If we don't, you have to go back to your understanding, to your knowledge of who God is. If my thought of God has been such as to leave me devoid of his fear, there's something wrong. Maybe I have created a God of my life. Maybe I have a God who is an idol. Maybe I have a, you know, we'll talk about People that have an itching ear, they, are, they hear for themselves teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. Maybe that is the problem. I will encourage you and encourage myself that we should really spend time to study the character and the nature of God. And this is this, is, this is a study that you really hear nowadays from our people. Spend time. I want you to know that the center of the scripture, the center of the Bible really is this, that we might know him. The Lord Jesus said he has come to reveal the Father. He said, no man has seen the Father's end at any time. So, when we study the Scriptures, I want to encourage you, take time out, get good books, books like A.W. Tosa, The Knowledge of the Holy. Generally, this type of book will help you to At least will be a stepping stone. And obviously, our own Bible Meditate upon it as the Holy Spirit will reveal to us the correct concept of the character of God. The fear of God in us is that frame of heart and mind which reflect our apprehension of who or what God is. You know, when we understand who God is, what God is, we will know that God will not tolerate anything He will tolerate nothing less than totality of commitment to Him. When we fear God, we will obey Him. Remember what we said, it's not a fear of a bully. It's not a fear of a bully. It's a fear of the knowledge of the character of God. That When we know that God is holy, we know He will not tolerate sin. When we know that God is all present, when we know that God is all-knowing, when we know that God is a good judge, then we will not walk in lasciviousness. The Bible says that some people have accounted the grace of God as an opportunity just for carelessness and lasciviousness. No. When we preach the full gospel of the nature of God, we will know that our God is a consuming fire. And we will live in the knowledge of that. We will obey him, we will love him, we will worship him. Against this background, when we understand the goodness of God, the kindness of God, when we understand the full knowledge of the nature of God, we will love him, we will worship him. Praise the Lord. So that's the first ingredient. Having a true concept of the nature and the character of God. Number two ingredient. A pervasive sense. Of the presence of God. Now, this build upon the first ingredient. It is a sense of the presence of God that spreads throughout the entirety of our lives so that there is no place or circumstances in which we find ourselves, but that we are conscious that God is here with us. He is here in all His majesty, in all His holiness, in all His fatherly love and compassion. And immensity. It is for this reason that our fear of God will be perfected in heaven when we will experience the blessed reality of an unbroken and undiminishing awareness of the immediate presence of God. So this is the second ingredient. So the first ingredient is that we understand, you know, the, the the character of God, okay? But number two also is this pervasive, this constant sense of the presence of God. Toes said, the most profound experience we can have consists in the recognition that God is here. You know, most of us will not do some things or will not say some things if we know that somebody else is there. How much more God? If you trace out example of men who experience the fear of God, you will find that very frequently they are set in a context where men are experiencing the manifested or realized presence of God. God is there, and they know He is there. They know that they are in His presence, a realization that moves them to the fear of God. And we can give example of an example of Moses, Jacob, of God, the example of Isaiah, when we know, when we have this experience, when we have this pervasive sense of the presence of God, then we will fear Him. If I am living in the sense of the immediate presence of this great God, I will be reluctant to defy the directive of His holy commandments and laws and offend him to his face. Isn't, isn't that true? I mean, even in, in our natural example, children that disobey their parents will do it behind their back. Okay, that is not, yes, it is true that that is not the ideal reason why we obey, but remember. Always take everything together. We are only talking about the fear of God. Obviously, you have to talk about the fear of God within the background of the love of God, the grace of God, and things like that. But we're just looking at this. that If I am living in the sense of the immediate presence of this great God, this loving God, this gracious God, this good God, this powerful God, this God that is a God of justice, if I am living the sense of the immediate presence of this great God, I will be reluctant to defile the directive of his holy command. Many of the sins we commit will be prevented or stopped by simply the presence of another human being, much more by understanding that God is there. And the God that is there is a God that will also give us the power and the grace and the anointing to obey him. Now, let's move on to the last ingredient, a constraining awareness of our obligation to God. A constraining awareness of our obligation to God. So the third essential ingredient of the fear of God is this constraining awareness of our obligation to God. In other words, to live in the fear of God is not just to know who He is and that He is here. It is also to recognize that in any circumstances in which I find myself, the most important issue is my present obligation to this great God who is here. Now, this is very important. We must have all these three ingredients together for us to have the fear of God. Our primary relationship is to God, and all other relationships are determined by and are to be interpreted in time of our relationship to him. Remember what we said about the fear of God actually casting out the fear of men. When I fear God, then every other relationship has to be with respect to my relationship with God. Now, Albert breaks down our obligation to God into three headings. To love him supremely, to obey him implicitly, and to trust Him completely. So these are obligations to God, and we can read that in Matthew chapter 22, verses 33 to 38. The Lord Jesus said that when He was asked the question that what does God require of all, the Lord Jesus answered, and He said that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. Right Now let me read also, Deuteronomy chapter ten verses twelve to thirteen. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, and to walk in all His ways, and to love Him, to serve Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandment of the Lord and His statutes which I command you today for your good. Philippians two twelve says, "As you have obeyed." Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So, when we break down this, our obligation to God, we can break it down into, number one, to love Him supremely, number two, to obey Him implicitly, and number three, to trust Him completely. Now, let's just um, look into a couple of that. I will read this part for us. There may be time when the only way you can walk down the path of the will of God is to step on your own father and mother's heart. I mean, and that can be anything. It can be to step against your ambition, can be to step against people that you love, can even be to step against rules and regulation that are against the, you know, express perfect will of God. You may have to do it with tears. You may have to do it with sense of inner grief. But to do it, you must, if you are to walk down the path of the revealed will of God, trusting God to resolve the consequences of your obedience in his way and time. We must constantly remind ourselves of the fact that in whatever relationship and whatever circumstances we find ourselves, our obligation to God are supreme. I will read that again. We must constantly remind ourselves of the fact that in whatever relationship and whatever circumstances we find ourselves, our obligation to God are supreme. We must constantly remind ourselves what obedience to God involves. We must constantly seek to enlarge the scope of our understanding of what God requires by meditating on and searching out His precept in His Word. We must constantly pray for grace. forget all else that will blind us to this reality so i believe that these three ingredients that when we have them in our heart we will work in the fear of god we sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on youtube maranatha teaching channel they will bless you thank you